Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of fantasy romance and romantic fantasy. Never the twins shall meet. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Oh, that's good today. (laughs) Ah. Ah. Today is Tuesday, September 7th. How are you guys? So let's see. Um, here we are. Here we are, aren't we? I know I have things to say. I am definitely heading into full blown book brain. For those of you keeping score at home, we are a little bit more than a week before I have to send this book. Uh, supposed to send it like Wednesday night next Wednesday night a week from tomorrow to my proofreader which means I need to have it like in good shape by then I have finished revising so far and we are at let us just see here come on why are you not opening there we go so so yeah I'm at a little shy of 74,000 words. I have about 21,000 to go. I think I am going to come out. I mean, all the beats are coming out right. It's going to be about 95,000 words. So at least it's not going to be longer. Um, yeah. And I've revised, um, well, I've revised 264 of 270 pages. So yesterday I didn't quite finish the revision. I went back and um, tweaked and layered in a few things earlier on. But um, yeah, it's going to be, you know, just those six pages today. I figured I'd get a running start at it. So then I can do it if I get 3000 words a day for the next four days this week including today and then three days next week with a little little room for a few hundred extra which I can generally do right at the very end. I may be able to work on it Thursday morning because my um, proofreader crystal is in Hawaii and she's a late riser so I have a few hours before she's awake on next Thursday morning that I might be able to at least go over things if I need to. It's doable. It's tight. It's tight, but it's doable. Do I know how it ends more or less? I know some things. I don't know others, but I think I know. Oh, I actually just got an idea. That would be interesting. Hmm. And you were here. You were here to witness it. Not that you will ever know uh, what it was, but um, maybe, maybe you will. We'll see if it works. This is something that hadn't occurred to me before. So it'd be interesting to try it out. Huh. Now I kind of want to go write it. That's all right. It'll wait. That's um apropos of yesterday's conversation, right? Do your ideas wait for you or do you worry about losing them? So um I think my ideas wait for me. I'm always doing the thing where 
um, I'll decide that I like, especially as I'm revising, I'll be going through and I'll think, oh, I should really add in this image here. And so I'll like write a line in there and then I get like two sentences down and there it is. It's like, oh yeah, past Jeffy had this, but that's good. I figure that means that there's a certain amount of congruity to how I'm seeing the story. Oh, the sun's coming. Look, da, da, da. oh, that feels nice. Doesn't it? Here comes the sun. Da, 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 da. It's uh, been darker in the morning. David was complaining about it this morning. As we slide into fall, sink slowly into the uh, darkness of winter. So <laughs> having a little hummingbird chase here. Yes. Good morning. There's two of them out here. Ah, so anyway, I wanted to talk about, uh, the documentary Val. So Val Kilmer put together this, uh, movie that he, uh, wrote. He, he actually did the cinematography. He wrote, he produced it and it's, um, it's kind, I guess it's really a documentary and it's just called Val and it's, it's an autobiography. It's very interesting that way because I don't know that there are that many documentaries that are autobiographies of that sort. And he's able to do this because, uh, the way that he grew up with a brother who wanted to be a filmmaker and did lots of filming and so forth. Um, Val just always had a video camera with him. And he said that he was, um, the only guy he knew who had a video camera at one point and he took it with him everywhere. And he like filmed things on set. There's a great scene in the dressing room that he shared with Kevin Bacon and Sean Penn. Um, I won't spoiler it, but I'm going to tell you that I vote that Kevin Bacon definitely has the cuter butt of the two you should watch so that you can make your own determination. However, (laughs) um, but that aside, it's, it's not necessarily lighthearted. There are funny moments, but it's, um, it's sobering and because, and I didn't know this, but Val Kilmer has had throat cancer and he has had to have surgery and so forth. And he has a, um, you know, the, I don't know if it counts as a tracheotomy, but it's the, the breathing tube that he has to close if he wants to speak. So he has to, you know, close the valve so that he could say something And his voice is of course, you know, kind of that robotic voice. Yeah. And, um, you know, we don't often see people struggling with chronic disease. Certainly not someone that we have seen being vigorous and on screen like that and having them be very honest and forthright about what they're feeling. And he, he's brutally honest about it. Um, you know, shows a scene of him, uh, getting ill at San Diego comic con when he was signing. So clearly that was pre pandemic. I don't think they say what year it is. I was curious, but it was interesting because, uh, something that 
David and I talk about. I don't know, you know, for new listeners among you, my husband has Parkinson's disease and he's had, uh, he's about 12 years into diagnosis now. It's probably about right. No, maybe not quite that 11 years into diagnosis and a couple years before that, that he was starting to wonder if that's what it was. Uh, it was early onset. And so he medicates and all of that, but there are times when, you know, neurological stuff, you're just up and down and all of those analogies of the spoons apply and so forth. Some days he just doesn't have the spoons. And one thing that he said to me quite some time back was how come he never sees people with, he doesn't really see that many people with Parkinson's out and about, you know, he doesn't see other people dealing with the same thing that he is. And I said, you know, I think a lot of those people stay home, um, because you know, our society is not great about embracing people who aren't whole, right. Who aren't, um, you know, we don't, we don't like sick people uh, as a culture and it's really unfortunate. And maybe there's some, um, animal instinct going on there. I don't know. doesn't matter, but it's, um, yeah, it's a difficult thing, you know, and he said, uh, I'm going to move so that I get out of this sun. I'm going to try. Will you let me pause? There we go. It was not wanting to resume my connections being weird today. So there will be no more pausing. Keep that in mind. No matter what you people get up to, I'm not pausing this. Oh, so anyway, the other thing that David said back to me as we were talking about this, he says, you know, also you feel vulnerable, you know, when you have a chronic disease like that, when you have something neurological, you feel a little bit weak. You feel, um, you know, not strong, not able to defend yourself. And it's hard to be out. Uh, in crowds for him and that sort of thing. Also the input can be overwhelming. So, uh, you know, it was amazing. It was interesting for us to watch someone, an actor that we had always admired so much. Um, both of us have always been Val Kilmer fans. And it turns out that David and Val Kilmer are the same age within a few months. And you know, you just, I don't know, don't see that many stories of people dealing with that kind of thing. And, and especially in such an unflinchingly honest way. And I was telling Dorinda about it yesterday and she directed me to a um, little video clip that Hugh Jackman posted on Twitter, um, recommending the documentary. And, um, I'll, I'll link to it because it's, it's just a minute long and it's worth watching. Cause I also just love Hugh Jackman and, um, and Hugh Jackman even gets a little bit choked up talking about it, you know, and saying, you know, what, what an accomplishment to do such a, a raw and revealing documentary. And he said, and it makes you think about all of these things that have to do with what are our lives about? And, and Hugh Jackman says, you know, and, and acting art, what, why, why do we do this thing? Because I think it's very difficult for people who, make a living with their bodies that way, um, with their image that they are especially, um, 
sensitive to no longer being that particular image that they can, you know, sell on screen. Uh, but, it, but it's a very interesting, it, it provokes good thoughts because, and this is something that has been coming up for me over and over again over the last few years is, you know, why do we do what we do? Um, what, what are our lives about? What, what are we trying to achieve? Because one thing that Val Kilmer has said is that in some ways having dealing with this cancer has been eye opening for him and it's changed his life because it's made him think about what's really important. And you know, that he used to get upset about being passed over for award nominations. Ironically, people are talking about that he might get an Academy Award nomination or win for this documentary, which I think he deserves. But you know, it's, I would be right with him there on that, on being, uh, I don't know, amused by the irony of that, that it's uh, when he drops all of the artistry and just shows himself being sick, that that's what people find award worthy. You guys have heard me talk about awards before and, and their meaning, but you know, all, all of these things, you know, like fame and, uh, awards and notoriety and money, all of that stuff, you know, is what, what exactly are we chasing in our lives and what, what matters most to us, you know, and, and people come back around, you know, like the Hollywood movies will attempt to make it be some sort of easy formula, like, um, Oh, that we are, you know, having children or a connection with other people. That's what matters. And I think that they do that because it's an easy emotional hook and it's an easy answer, but it may not be the most meaningful answer. And, and David and I were talking about this last night, some too, because uh, it was beautiful evening gorgeous, very, very still evening. And we sat out on the, the front portal with the lights out and just, um, enjoyed the gorgeous evening. I did not light the fire table yet, mom, cause it was actually a very warm evening. Uh, otherwise I would have, and I will in the future, but it was nice just to sit there. And we were talking about some of these things and David was talking about, uh, our older cat, Teddy who died a few years after we moved to Santa Fe. And he was saying how he had learned things from Teddy because she was outside on the little bench in front of, on the portal in the sun napping the day before she died. And the morning that she died, even though she, she was having um, she had kidney disease, he said the morning that she died, that she was playing. And he said that he learned a lot from her. You know, he said that, you know, that it's those moments that, and this makes me a, ver, a little verklempt too, you know, that this is, it's, it's these moments of enjoying our lives, the, um, you know, feeling the sun on your face and the color of the sky and just enjoying being alive, that those are probably the things that give our, our lives the most meaning. Um, so it's interesting to, uh, to contemplate and I, I highly recommend the documentary. Uh, a 
I'll, I'll link to it on IMDb. Yeah. And, and it's on Amazon prime. So if unless you're like one of the nine people in the world who don't have Amazon prime, you can watch it for free or watch it as part of your $125 subscription. I'm oh, sorry. Uh, annually, whatever it is at now. Yeah, they just just bill us for that, don't they? It's a it's a clever clever system. So, um, yeah. Deep thoughts, deep thoughts for a Tuesday morning. What else do I have to tell you guys? I don't know that I have much else. I've been thinking about those things. You know, it's um, especially if you're an artist, if you're creating art you know and i've been talking about this a lot lately too it's like how not all artists uh get fame or money and so that's not why we do it um if you go into any kind of art writing books or whatever uh with the idea that you're going to become wealthy you know it it's a much surer path to like go up to corporate America and you know be a stockbroker or something like that. Uh, you're much more likely to be able to climb the salary ladder. There is no salary ladder in writing uh, nor in any art and it's really a game of hustling all the time and even for you know even for that's what's been amazing to me. That's what I've learned from you know talking to friends of mine who are amazingly successful writers um you know by most metrics more successful than i am that they are forever hustling and worrying about the next thing and it was interesting you know seeing some of val kilmer's stuff and you know when they miss out on certain roles and it's you know they have these regrets that they missed out on those roles or they didn't you know hit this certain point that they thought that they would hit and it's like no matter what any person's level of success they're always looking for the next thing you know and maybe that's in our nature you know that we're part of being alive is we're always looking for for how to improve how to top ourselves and how to uh i don't think it's always about more i mean i i know i've addressed that you know that it's like do we really need to always be making more money but i do think that we're always wanting to to do better, you know, level up. So all things to think about. I'm going to go get to work. I will remind you all that first cup of coffee is part of the frolic media podcast network. You will find more podcasts that you might love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I will talk to you all on Thursday. You all take care. Bye-bye.